All right, after two periods here at J. Tom Lawler Rink, it's UNH2 Merrimack 1. I'm Mike Mackney with John Leahy. Tonight's second intermission is brought to you by Merrimack Graduate Studies. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Stepping in to join us here, Mike McMahon from the macreport.com, also the Eagle Tribune. College Hockey News and NeutralZone.net. And uh, Mike, well, Merrimack dominates the first period and edge in shots of 16-7. to Not able to break through, however, uh, and get one past UNH goaltender Mike Robinson. The Wildcats come out, I thought, uh, stepped it up a bit there in the second. Uh, picked up a couple of even straight goals, some hard-working goals, certainly, especially uh, the McAdams goal. Was he able to fight off a couple of guys and get a puck through traffic? Uh, Merrimack responds with the power play goal. Actually, the, yes, tied the game on the power play goal from Logan Drevich, uh, who uh, you know wins a battle there down low to be able to get to the loose puck. But uh, it was mainly UNH in that second period, and as a result, they got a one-goal lead here after two, two to one. Yeah, not, not, like you said, not as good of a, of a second period as, as was the first period. Although the first period they came out uh, as good as you would want. <laughs> uh, not able to get the goal, but really had a strong first period, controlled a lot of the puck possession. Even with the five-minute power play, uh, I thought that, that Merrimack controlled the bulk of the first period. Second period, a little bit of a different story. Um, you know, they're able to break through and get that goal, which tied the score, of course. You give it up again, you, get the, you give up the lead again, uh, or you give up the... UNH goes back in front with 20 seconds later, whatever it was, right off the draw. So uh, that can be a little bit of a backbreaker, especially late in the period. We'll see if it is uh, as they go into third. Interesting stat. One goal games. UNH is 5-2, and two, and as we know, they've played a lot of overtime games and won most of them. Uh, won most of those games in overtime, including a win over Merrimack just about a month ago. Merrimack 1-4 and four in one goal games. Not a surprise, I think, at all with the difference in experience between those two teams. But, you know, I guess the question then is going to be, is that how it's going to play out in the third? Uh, it could. You know, I think a lot of that is, is a younger team. You know, it, we saw that, I think, the year before. I mean, it's going back 10 years now. But, like, it was a year before or, the, or two years before uh, they went to the tournament in 2011. They had the most one-goal losses in the country. And that was a team that was mostly freshmen and sophomores. Right. It was Joe Kanata's either first year or second year. Uh, so that, that's, that's kind of where they are again. I mean, that's kind of where they are as a program. They're one of the younger teams or one of the youngest teams in the country, maybe not by age, uh, because some of these freshmen are older, but definitely by class. Yeah. They're, they're, the, they're the youngest team in the country. They have the biggest freshman class in the nation. Not many seniors, not many juniors. Uh, most of this team is freshmen and sophomores. So I think, I think that's there's a little bit of a learning curve that, that you go through as a, as a program, and that's kind of where they are now. Uh, not surprised to see the, the one-goal game stat uh, in that direction for Merrimack, given where they are and how young they are. We're talking with Mike McMahon from the Mac Report. You can check out his work there, as well as, as we mentioned, College Hockey News, NeutralZone.net, and also the Eagle Tribune. Be writing for the Eagle Tribune and have an article in that paper tomorrow. But, uh, Mike, uh, one question. So next week, I know we won't see you tomorrow night. Uh, for the Last night's game was moved to Sunday tomorrow, but... Uh, the Warriors travel to Union College in their final game of the uh, the first semester uh, next Friday night. Um, what do you know about Union? They're struggling this year. Yeah, uh, and that's a building I've never been to either, so I'm trying to move some stuff around to see if I can get out there on Friday. Uh, but they're, they're a team that is struggling, and they're, they're 
they're struggling, I think, in, not not in the, in the sense that Merrimack has struggled a little bit this year as far as wins and losses because they're younger. Uh, Union just seems to be struggling in general, really in all facets of the game. They just lost a couple of players a couple of weeks ago that went back to junior hockey that, with the intent to transfer. Uh, they're on trimester, so a lot of times you'll see that with schools. You'll see guys leave with a semester break. Union's one of those schools that's on trimester, so uh, right around Thanksgiving they had a couple of guys that left and went back to juniors. I think one went to the USHL, one went to uh, the BCHL, so uh, they're, they're a program right now that, that isn't in a good spot, it would seem, even though they beat Brown last night, I think 5-1. Um, but they, they they haven't been in a good spot for most of this year. So even though it's a road game, even though you're a young team, I think if you're Merrimack, that's a, that's a winnable game on the road because uh, it's a team that just hasn't been able to play well for any type of consistent stretch this season. It seems like you got, I think they're one of these teams that also is having trouble putting the puck in the net. And it seems like there's a lot of teams that are like that this year for whatever reason. The two teams on the ice tonight are, are two of those teams as well. I mean, you've got a few clubs that are like Wisconsin and BC, you know, Northeastern, for example, even UMass, you know, they've got some, uh, Providence certainly, got some guys that have been able to score goals. And, you know, even Lowell, known as more of a defensive team, has, has had some guys be able to come up with some points this year. You know, it's kind of like the has and the have nots. It's almost like you, you can see that separation between the teams this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think you're seeing that in the different styles of the teams play, too. Like Lowell, even like this year, is, like I said, is a little more of an offensive team. I think Matt Brown was the top freshman scorer in the country. At least he was last week. I think he still is. Um, and then you've got some teams that are that are struggling to score goals. Union and Merrimack are both in that category. I, I feel, I think Merrimack's roster has more upside than Union's right now. Uh, so I think, you know, down the road, two, three years down the road, uh, we're going to see the Merrimack team, this Merrimack roster, uh, have more offense, probably have some more, more wins and lo- more wins than losses uh, than, than Union may in the next couple of years. Um, but Union's having the same struggles that everybody's having. It's, it's an older building. Uh, I think there's been some rumors that they were going to do some work there, but it hasn't happened yet, so it's, it, it becomes tough to recruit players. But this team that won a national championship five years ago, uh, really, though, from what we've seen, that they have not been able to sustain it. Now, today, this year's an outlier. They haven't been this, their win-loss record hasn't been this bad in a while. Um, but still, uh, it, it has trended downward since 2014. So, And that's that shouldn't be a surprise. They're a small school with an old rink that's not a lot of tradition there. It should be hard to sustain things there. I think that's the same thing we're seeing at, at places like Maine, who, who had success further back than Union did, and for a, a longer sustained period of time. But still, again, you look at Alphonse Arena. It's an older building. Uh, the success that they had, really, on a national level, going to national championship games was 20 years ago. So it, it, it should be... It, Orno Maine's in the middle of nowhere. Like It should be hard to recruit players to Maine, and I think that's one of the things we're seeing there now with Maine, too. Union, Maine, and Vermont, they're all kind of in that category of teams that are in older buildings, and, and they're, they're struggling. They're struggling to keep up with the, the bigger, richer schools that are able to build these these palaces, <laughs> whether it's Penn State or uh, Arizona State's going to be the next one whenever they build their rink. Um, I, I think a lot of, that's a lot of what we're seeing. At the same time, it is interesting, isn't it? Minnesota State's number one in the country. Bowling Green is right up there as well. You know, a couple of clubs from the WCHA. Yeah, and, and they've been able to figure out ways to get it done. Now, I think it helps, too, uh, that they're not playing in Hockey East. You know, and Minnesota State would do fine in Hockey East. I'm not saying, I mean, I don't know that they would win the league, um, but I, they wouldn't be they wouldn't be a second-tier team in the league by any stretch. Yeah. I remember, I mean, they did, didn't, didn't, did they win all four games against BU over the last couple of years when they played them? I know, the Carnival of Kubi transferred, he beat them twice, they played two more games. I'm, I can't remember if they won those as well. I think, I think they may have split the other two. They, at the very least, they won 
three out of yeah, four. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they, they wouldn't be uh, they wouldn't be near the bottom of hockey East. But I mean, could they sustain a whole season going up against Providence and Lowell and UMass yeah. on a night nightly basis? Maybe they could. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I would say about that is that they're they've. Um, you know, North Dakota beaten tied North Dakota, right? And yeah. and then um, who else did they play? Duluth. They went to Duluth and they beat the defending national champions twice. So I mean, they've won. <laughs> they've done the job. <laughs> My only thing with them, it's the same thing every year. They've still done nothing in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So and it seems right. to be year after year they've got 25 wins in the WCHA, 26 yeah. wins, 27 wins, then they get to the NCAA tournament and they're out in one or two games. Yeah. So I haven't even been a Frozen Four. So it's like they they've got to find a way to take that next step. All right. Before we let you go, Mike. Uh, first of all, Patrick Hall. Way. Sounds like uh, probably after Christmas, right? The, the first Minnesota Duluth game would be the first game he should play. I can't see anything happening between now and then. And the other one is Philip Forrest Mark. And anything you're hearing about his eligibility? Uh, no, not yet. Um, uh, Hallway, I think, like you said, they'll get back probably for that Duluth series. And, and that's a big addition. I mean, there's a guy that's going to be, he's going to be probably on your top defensive pair. I mean, Carlisle and Ewens have kind of been the top defensive pair for a while. Uh, and they play that way. But you got Patrick Hallway, who's got experience. He's going to be one of the few guys back that has a legitimate amount of experience, uh, can play on the power play, can play in every situation. He's he could step on the ice and be one of their top one, two, three defensemen. He could step on he could step on the ice and be one of the top defensemen in the league. Absolutely, yeah. I don't think he would have been. I mean, before he left Maine last year, uh, he had you know we were looking at a guy that had thirty something points through two years as a defenseman. We were looking at him as being potential All Hockey East last year before he left Maine. So there's no question he's going to step on the ice and be one of the top defensemen. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. We appreciate it. Uh, we will talk to you again soon, uh, hopefully next week at Union. Sounds good. All right, that's Mike McMahon, our guest here. The score at the end of 2, UNH 2, Merrimack 1, back at, for more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.